Welcome to the Next Door Neighbors podcast, a podcast where we talk about all things neighborly. Here are your hosts, Alex and Irina Mazukin. Excuse my voice. I feel like, so I got okay. sick hey, with a cold. Okay. That's okay. I don't mind it. <laughs> I feel like it's always my voice. Like, remember a few months ago, I lost my voice. Yes. Completely lost it. And then like maybe three months before that, I lost it. And now I didn't lose it, but it's like that raspy... It, would you voice. say your voice is the weakest part of your body? Is that probably if I keep getting losing my voice every time I get sick or have allergies? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like the first thing you go. I have a very sensitive throat, like I've said before. Yeah, well, that's uh, don't set yourself up like that. I feel like pretty soon this is just going to be my voice. It's okay. It's not is bad. It sexy. It's, it's, it's ras- You know, so, oh, we've had this conversation yeah. before. What's the, like the, the whole thing of like girls with raspy voices? Um, listen, something about like the bad girl, maybe because like smoker voice. I don't know. I don't know why people want a bad girl. Same reason people want a bad boy. That's another way. Uh, what's this <laughs> whole thing? What's this whole fascination with the the Jeffrey Dahmer? Is that the, the name? Oh, the Netflix documentary? Yeah. What, yeah. What's every girl's obsession with uh, serial killers? Well, I think it's not even girls. I think everybody is obsessed with true crime because it's this like you want almost to go inside the person's mind and know why they did that. Like, that's why I'm interested in true Mm -hmm. crime is like, what caused this person to like be this way? Mm -hmm. And I think people are fascinated by that. That's why people love mysteries. That's why people love horror movies. Right now, if you look on the Netflix, like top 10, it's all like true crime slash horror slash weird stuff. I don't know if it's like, because it's Halloween and people are just watching that kind of stuff. But it's kind of interesting to see the trajectory of like what people are interested in. And it's definitely that genre. Now, I've you keep hearing it more and more of certain girls or women who have this romanticism with these serial killers. Okay, I've never heard that. You've never heard of it at all? I don't think so. So they had... They, well, I know there's like... What do you mean by romanticism? They have like, for example, when Ted Bundy, the Green River Killer... He, no, that's two that, different killers. That's two. Who, who was Ted Bundy? Because he was the, the most attractive one of them all. He right? was the one that uh, killed like the college age girls. Okay, so the Ted Bundy one, uh, and I'm only referencing this based off of the the, the documentary that they did on him. Mm-hmm. That uh, w- even when he was in jail, women wanted to like send him letters, and, and oh and, right, and, and, right, and then they they auctioned off apparently. Uh, you know their clothing and their glasses <laughs> and all that stuff. So what's <clears throat> I don't understand that. I don't understand the fascination. I have a theory, but what it's, is it's, the fascination? So, so I have a theory, and again, like always, it goes to like this ancestral primordial thing. Hmm. So, uh, they say, and I'm I'm trying to apply this reference to this, and let's see if it works works out. They say that w- in terms of bad boys, not psychopaths, but bad boys. <laughs> is there a They say there's a primordial uh, correlation of women being attracted to bad boys because ancestrally, you if you wanted to survive, you had to be with uh, some form of a warrior. Like if you, first of all, as a woman or as a child. <clears throat> so like an alpha. Thousands of years ago, our ancestors, if you're a woman, uh, even in the, the Western expansion, if you were just a single woman by yourself and your father wasn't around, your your husband, you were not maybe married or maybe he passed away, uh, or you were a child, you didn't really survive. And everybody kind of knew that. And when you date back that before the Western expansion, it was women wanted somebody like that that would come protect against rapers and pillages and, and Vikings, essentially. Right. 
Um, so you wanted to have a dominant mate in order for your lineage to survive. Animals do the same thing. Like the, the female dolphins whore themselves out because the male dolphins, they don't know which offsprings are there. So they'll actually kill every offspring. So the, the, the female dolphin wants to be pregnant as often as she can so that it confuses the male dolphin so they don't just go off and kill them all off. Uh, uh, black bears, they do the same exact thing. So that's my application to like why women want more of this like bad boy dominant thing. But I wonder if that partially also applies towards the psychopaths. Hmm. So back like if then, you're the you're killer, it's the alpha, right? And it kind of over time trickled down because we don't really need an alpha, correct, in the society because of just just our we're, our comfort yeah. our comfortable living. But that kind of translates the most. I guess the bad boy mm -hmm. is the closest. I don't know. The bad boy is a hundred percent the alpha. Yeah. Right. I mean, but not not every time because it could be a, a you know a puss of a guy. Yeah, I was just gonna say sometimes no, no, no. bad boys act like they're bad. Boys. You have to generalize it, right? Okay. So essentially, if you have a guy, let's say in our twenty second century, you're looking at. Are we in the twenty second? No, we're still in the twenty first, right? So in our twenty first century, you have a guy. <clears throat> who buzzed head, big muscles, tattoos, goatee, uh, and a bunch of piercings. A, a classic guy that you, in, in normal day-to-day -day society, you're like, I don't want to go talk to that guy. I don't want to go mess with that guy, right? They look mm. bad. Mm. You don't know on the inside if he's That's a... That's true. Most of the time but on the inside, look. they're really nice guys, right? It's just like they, yeah. they, they are hiding through their own childhood trauma to look tougher than they really are because they're dealing through, mm -hmm. you know, a stepdad that called him a pussy or something like that. Like, I, I, right. I, I get it. But... Whatever our brains are doing and thousands of years of evolution, applying to that guy you just stereotyped, they're doing the same thing to every other tough looking guy or a bad boy thing. Um, the only difference, I think, there's two versions of a bad boy. <coughs> I, this episode is going to be called Cough Cough. That's what I'm going to call cough, it. Cough Cough. Yeah. Uh, Sorry. Except there's one thing. I can't is stop. When you have... Um, when you have uh, a guy who is, there's two forms of a bad boy. There's just a tough biker guy face. And then there is the womanizer, ladies man. Uh, the truly bad boy who goes against the grain. Well, hold on a second. Because there's the idea of bad boy also gets applied, that imagery to uh, like a John Tucker must die kind of thing. Like, or, you know, uh, who was in, uh, was it, uh, uh, Who's the so, guy in, in, in who's the the leather jacket wearing guy in uh what's that classic show from the sixties? What is it? Uh, Happy Days. Oh uh, 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 Fonzarelli. Uh what's his Fonzie. name? Fonzie. Uh that that's the so there's another bad boy application where it's like you're, you're See that's what I think man. of when I think of bad boy, like the leather jacket, the mm -hmm. tattoos, the piercings, that like smug look. Okay. So a ladies' man essentially at that point. But I see I don't I don't necessarily think of the actual like person i don't think of like the ladies part of it when mm -hmm. i think of a bad boy i think of just like a guy that's like i don't give an f about anything okay i'm gonna skip class today i'm gonna walk out of class even okay. though the teacher told me to write on the so he's still in school okay yeah like that's what i think of okay. i don't really necessarily think of like the so ladies man is the biker boy still in the same category i don't yeah okay it's that like whole look okay. i guess to me the bad boy is the look Okay. In that like... Which uh, is a sexy look essentially, right? It's, I guess. But then do you apply like the prison inmate who's tattooed out, buzzed head like a... See, that to me is not a bad boy because that's an actual like... Convict. <laughs> convict. I think of a bad... When I think of bad boy in like quotes, 
it's like the the typical high school bad boy, okay. I guess. I don't know why you're still staying in like the 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 ninth through twelfth grade. I know. Grade. I don't know, because that's like the only time we use that term. You can't be a bad boy when you're a thirty-five no, you year can't. old man. You cannot be a bad boy. That just is. That's wrong. That's wrong on all levels. But I also think there's that part of it, which I think we've talked about this before too. With bad boys, I think a lot of women are drawn to them because of the I can change him aspect. That's, I think, okay, so whatever that thing is, that I could change him aspect. First of all, I have two schools of thought for this. I think there's women who are attracted to the bad boy. There's three, I think, uh, maybe two or three different types of uh, groups of women because you don't want to generalize. Group one. But you can generalize into three different groups. That's okay. Right. So you have group one who's the adolescent stage who are, these are the, the high schoolers who... They these are the cool crowds, so they're going to that sexy thing. They're not looking at but like they're looking at having good time, not a good legacy, right? They're like, I'm not thinking of him of being a good dad. I'm thinking of him as like right now, raw, uncut, right? Then you have the bad boy cravings of people who have lived in suburbia, have been married to the same person, and the testosterone and guy goes down, sex drive goes down, romanticism goes down, it's very mundane day in, day out. And so the girl's like, the woman is like, well, listen, I still have a drive. What would I do? What wouldn't I do just for a piece of like a bad boy kind of experience? So that's the second group of people. The bad boy experience. And then the third group of people, they are still in the same age group as the second one. But the third group of people are the ones who are like, I could change him. Mm. Who they don't want to be living in that right now. But they're like, I'm going to treat him as this project. and, and, And he's going to one day be like, you're the reason I'm alive. I will be honest. You saved I, me. You saved me. And you're going to be like, you're welcome. Yes. I have never been attracted to like the guys who play this like part of I'm like this bad boy. Thing, sure. Which a lot of my friends were. I just never. I don't know if it's the way I was raised, but I never. I, I guess I never was attracted to that myself. I Okay. So. I think I was scared of them. Let's be honest. Okay. That does understand. <laughs> But also, there is a part of you that, with a bad boy, there's a lot of unknown. Yeah, you I don't, don't like know. the unknown. I don't. And I in like fact, to have everything like cut and dry. I'm a rule follower. The bad boy was just too right. much of a rule breaker for me. Do you, so it's. I think. I think whenever you are wait afraid a second before. What's up? Go ahead. Were you a bad boy? Absolutely not. I didn't develop to be like who I am. Because when we met, you definitely weren't. I was a dork. I was no, always a dork. Cute. No, I was always a dork. You were not I, a dork. I saw pictures of me like when we were still dating, and I'm like, oh, couple of gals, <laughs> just in <laughs> this. Because you had a baby face. I had a baby face. I I didn't no, know you what were, I was. You were cute. I was much of a follower. I didn't educate myself. I didn't. I didn't. Here's my biggest problem, and I wish more people like if I could tell. I feel like you're a bad boy now. If though. I could tell somebody to myself ten years ago. Here, okay, let me answer to like that comedy just made. But <laughs> I I wish if I could give any advice to like me ten years ago, I would say hear more opinions so you can cultivate your own opinion mm. i think what i ended up doing at that age my early uh 20s. actually my entire 20s i'll i'll put it on the books because it wasn't until my 30s that i started you know like listening to different things um 
you have to really cultivate your own opinion, but you can also only do that when you hear a bunch of different opinions that you were challenged by. And all ideas. sides. Yeah. All sides. Because if you don't and you stick to one uh, opinion or one viewpoint from one, either the just the Republican or just the Democrat or from just the Christian or to the non-Christian or from a spiritual to a religious or from a, a global warming to a global global cooling to uh you know a aliens uh, versus uh, aliens versus aliens uh hustler versus somebody who works at nine to five like uh, unless you hear so many different things you really can't because apart from that is confirmation bias right so then you go like no no no, this is the only lane i've been around and i have to stick to that because if i don't i'm wrong right it's dangerous territory so that's that's what i'll say about the the younger me now in terms of what you said about like <laughs> you said i'm a bad boy now I think I'm playing the imagery of the bad boy in your perspective because I think the tattoos will add to it. Somebody who's working out and building some muscle, it's another thing that's adding to it. Somebody who's maybe taking care of the way they, they look, right? So I'm, my, I'm on a mission to make sure my 30s, my 40s, my 50s are my best years ever. And I think that is adding to that whole like, bad boy perspective in your mind that is like maybe some other things too but we what, won't get into essentially that. <laughs> <laughs> essentially what you're doing i think and this is my like my psychological analysis of you is i think what you did is you're like you've been proven enough over the course of 10 years of marriage and three kids that you're like this is a stable spouse who provides mm -hmm. both emotionally and 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 uh financially and so all the needs are met. I'm not like getting drunk at the bar, you know, on, you know, Monday through Friday. Just Monday through Thursday. Just Monday through Thursday. And then you're like, you know, you're at home. And yeah. You're like, well, like. Well, that's why I say like bad boy in like a funny way. I'm it's a poser. Just, no, yeah. I'm a poser. No, like, I mean, like, it's like cute. But also you're, yeah, it, I think you're right. It's, you're a stable person. I trust you. Like, right. There's no. But that's like, that's what I've always been attracted to is like stability. <laughs> because i'm such a rule follower i think you're definitely more of a rule breaker than me not that you're like always breaking the rules mm -hmm. but i feel like i tend to be more cut and dry like the this is what my like parameters are and i have to stick to them mm -hmm. versus you are like well why can't we challenge that why can't we like maybe figure something out and like not stick to like these specific rules you know what changed for me mm. is i always and this is going back to like you have to hear a bunch of different opinions um i think we as humans we uh, and this comes from thousands of years of evolution where we're so used to being led right mm, led yeah. by other people and it goes back to tribes right you every tribe consisted of under 150 people sometimes even smaller than that right this is millions of years of evolution and you stuck with that tribe and every tribe had a group of hunters a group of gatherers a group of educators a group of artists a group of teachers a group of leaders okay it was mm -hmm. all there and every need was met and somebody played a role in every aspect of that and then as humanity expanded and and we evolved through society that we're in right now we still had that right? We still crave that because it's part of our DNA. That's why in church, we always promote this thing of like, we are meant for to be in community, right? You hear verbiage like that. That's that's a very uh, genetic thing that's part of us is like, mm -hmm. whether we're meant to be in a small group on Sunday of 10 people, or we're meant to be part of a tribe of 150 people, we're meant to be people in that kind of community as part of our DNA. Yes. The problem with that is because we're so used to being led, 
depending on your level of, um, I don't want to say education because education means like merit, but uh, you have to have enough of, like if you take a thousand years ago, uh, where there was not an, there was no books really around for people to be passed around. You really didn't know that there is an ocean on the west coast of the the North American continent, and there is an ocean on the right side of the North American continent. Like you didn't know that because mm -hmm. you only knew what people passed on to you, and a lot of it is like so word of mouth, old yeah. wives' tales, right? Mm -hmm. Like don't go outside when you're with wet hair, or else you'll get a cold, right? Like these are all don't made up things. Bite your fingers, or your yeah. appendix is gonna burst. Yeah, and if you're my mother, which she told me that she's like when she was. A, a Russian young gal in uh, as, a, as a kid, she was told that you can't go to bed hungry because you will have gypsies in your dream. So you make sure you go to bed on a full oh, stomach. Oh, gosh. So these are old wives' tales. <laughs> and unless you've really seen the world or read enough about the world, you tend to believe what this thing what is. Hear. Especially so, when it's from a family member correct. who you trust and is a seems like a credible source correct right? correct yeah. so so what ends up evolving is that the more resources you consume the more you realize the world's bigger than it really is and it all this leadership that people have put under you the world you, is bigger than it really is all this leadership Wise that words. people have been trying to lead you with is essentially another adult trying to tell you how to how they want you to live your life so the reality is is like there's a lot of limitations you've set on yourself because somebody else told from the you very beginning to think. and your genetic predisposition mm -hmm. to it has said okay well that's i'm they know better than i do which is definitely like my default yes you're very you're very gullible like they said that? i've okay. i always joked about it this with you i'm very gullible i've gotten better over the years right but it's baby I still steps have a lot of work to do but like i have <laughs> when, when we watched that uh wild not wild wild country uh when we watched that uh what what was that mormon document no offense if you're mormon oh but the, uh, yes uh pray what is it Keep sweet, pray yeah. and obey. Right. It's this uh, fundamentalist uh, extreme group of Mormons, well, like polygamist, right, in Utah. Yeah. And, you know, the guy had like 50 wives or something mm -hmm. like that. It's a ridiculous amount. But essentially, it's it's the people who kind of live in this like tribalistic mindset where you're like, this is my community. This is appointed leadership. We trust them. They're going to lead us. And we oh, do yeah. the same thing. And even if you take religion out of it, we do the same thing with politics. That's why you have extreme rights and you extreme you have, lefts. Yeah. The extreme political right. Parties. The extreme right goes, they're bringing God back into this country. And then the extreme left goes, we're finally going to be able to progress and evolve mm -hmm. from our closed minded perspectives on things. Right. And both are just crazy on the outskirts. So. My approach, and this is why you say I, I tend to lean more on this, like in your perspective, this bad boy, is because... No, I, I said like you're more, you break, not break the rules, but you challenge the absolutely. rules a little bit more than I do. Because yeah. I, after, after, the best thing... But rules the, are there to regulate, to regulate the, the fun. Rules <laughs> are there to regulate the fun. Everybody knows that. What? I, I, I remember... And I, if I, you know where that's from... I don't remember. Where Where is it? Oh, oh is that gosh. Amy Poehler? Amy, Amy Poehler. Parks and, Parks and Rec. Rec. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, I get, no, I got it. I just yes. wanted to verify that. I, I wanted, uh, what's her, what's her name in the show? I I don't remember. Her um. Name. Oh. It's okay. Oh, it's gonna. Hey. Let's, anyway, let's not waste airtime. Yeah, it's not worth to waste airtime. <laughs> I, I, it's after, a good quote. She's right. My best advice to my to our kids when they become of age is gonna t is basically read as much history as you can. Mm -hmm. History, yes, it always repeats itself. But when you see enough things and enough perspectives from 
you know, 50 years ago, 100 years ago, and 1,000 years ago, all of it applies to right now. Mm -hmm. The thinking is all 100% the same. And when you see the trajectory and a lot of things being wrong, then you go, wait a second. If I'm living this one thing called life, my snout is out. Are you are you BSing me right now? You know what I mean? Like you tend to do that. And that's where the challenging comes from is because it was just another guy. This is the joke they have about Colt. Is it's just it's always they always end up the same. It's some guy end up banging everybody else's wife. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's all. Everything starts from good intentions. It's like you're we're spiritual, we're journey, we're evolving, we're becoming better people, and then and some and one guy ends up wife. banging everybody's wife. Oh gosh. And the same thing. And same thing with politics, right? Yeah. It's like it's like you go like finally this is the congressman, finally this is the president, finally this is the mayor, and then and then he bangs everybody's. Well, wife. you learn that <laughs> there are never like these like pure intentions. Which let me ask you this. Okay, let me ask you this. So everybody agrees that some, one of the hardest jobs in the world is somebody in government, right? Yeah. Because you're leading a group of people who, cons- on a consensus basis, you cannot make everybody happy, right? Right. So let because me ask you this: have opinions. What, uh, what uh, pure intention person, like a Mary Magdalene, or uh, I don't think there is. Who is this saint that lives around amongst us? Who? Because okay, when you ask every pol- politician, and they go, "What made you go in politics?" What do they always say? Do you know? No. I know exactly what they say. They say, "I wanted to contribute to my community to make it a better community." Oh. Do you give two shits about wasting? 120 percent of your energy to make your community better i heard it's i mean politics is all always all about the money yes when you go when you went into so your original degree and for college was education elementary education elementary education Mm -hmm. you were well i didn't graduate it but it was going to be right your your young self was like i love working with kids Now I was like, I'm going to be such a good teacher. Right, right. But you weren't thinking you're going to make a world a better place. You're going, I would love to work with kids because you were babysitting at that time. I would love to work with kids. I knew and, what I was good at, I think. Right. But you weren't thinking in your mind, my goal is to get this loan, student loan, go into school, put in this energy so that I could teach the next generation. No. Now, there are a very few people out there who think that way. And I don't want to you know discredit discredit yeah. them at all but there's such a few these are the mary magdalene's these are the uh who's the there's another catholic uh person mother, Teresa. mother trees these are the mother mm-hmm. Teresa's of the world mm-hmm. but believe me this they are the one percenters they're less than one percenters oh, okay yeah. that's why they're saints at this point right right now you went to that because you saw uh, a fulfillment of opportunity costs where you're like well i i like doing this i enjoy being around these kids and therefore I can make a career of it, let's do it. Right. People that go into politics, they do the same exact thing. They go, well, I like this industry. I know that there's money, so there's a supply and demand thing. I can make a career out of it. And they get it. So those are neutral perspectives. That's what everybody chooses a job. Once you're in it, you have to be able to basically convince your audience, which are the voters, that you are here for them. And so you're essentially selling another religion to them. Yeah. And you're saying, we're going to make Idaho great again. We're going to uh, make sure that there's money in schools. We're going to make sure our kids are protected. We're going to make sure that uh, it's fair wages. We're going to make sure our taxes are accounted for. We're going to make sure people, most importantly in government, are accounted for. Mm-hmm. And you sell them on that idea. And then... To get you, the votes. You have yeah. to keep redoing it year in and year out. 
every time the election comes back again because you need to get their vote. Then doesn't that sound exhausting? <laughs> that no, because if somebody paid you enough money, you, you only do, do it. it. You only do it on the fourth quarter of every year. So you're like, cool, I'll do it then. And if I don't make it, that's fine. But now you're within this network of people where now you're making, let's say, on a generous side of things before, you know, after maybe before all the uh, the hookups that you get, you're in the quarter million dollars, maybe even just six figures, period, right? But now you have connections with other things when you go, hey, we're going to, you're going to go with the mob does. You're going to choose this company for your concrete guy to pave the road of the city when they're redoing the parks. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to pitch you a commission for referring them. It's now, but now you're so tied in that you can't break loose from it. Tulsi Gabbard was actually talking about this. She was one of, you know, the only left-leaning candidates that were running, was running for president who she was left-wing, but she is a military veteran, mm-hmm. multiple tours, and uh, she is a mixed martial artist, uh, and she's left-leaning, but she's a very sensible person. And she was the one that said that once you get into these networks, you now are controlled within the organization of that networking idea. And who's like paying for you for like your voice right? you're, you're just rubbing shoulders with people yeah. that's what you're doing they're they're inviting you to a party you're the life of the party and they go hey i'd love to talk to you about tomorrow about mm-hmm. this thing that were and you're like oh man they're, they're just trying to and they are right they're trying to pull you a certain way so everything came from a very neutral idea it didn't come from i want to but you spin everything as let's make this world a better place mm-hmm. so when you see enough and i always love this word vocabulary this fuckery mm-hmm. then you go the world's really bigger than it is, and people have always played the same notes. So, how do I figure out my own lane? Because you can't live in this depravity perspective. Because nobody really has. That's how you kill yourself, intentions. right? We all we all are fighting for ourselves, Correct. right? Correct. Fighting for ourselves, if you will. So, with that being the, the 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 idea, challenge everything, and then when you challenge it, it don't let it ruin your life. Can you go? Wow, the world what I thought is not what it is. It, of course, it's not. But then figure out what your slice of pie within mm-hmm. it is and then stay in that lane. Yeah. And that's where I feel I am. And that's I just am. being educated too, right? Absolutely. Because I feel that's what I want for our kids too. I want them to be kind people. I want them to be just educated in terms of like knowing and researching everything around them. Yes. Not just being fed information. Because I feel like for me, I wish I would have challenged things more as a young adult, as a teenager, you know, whatever because i just believed everything i heard Mm -hmm. which i think in the long term now i'm like having to backtrack and almost relearn these things because i feel like i just i'm so i'm so gullible i feel like Mm -hmm. i believed everything i heard from the people that i trusted and now i'm learning that there's so much more i'm learning to learn and to challenge and to, I don't know, figure out. So I think in my 30s, I'm just figuring yeah. that out now. And you know, it's wild. The people that you trusted to like, quote unquote, lead you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything special about them? No. No. They're just somebody who had a title of something. But that title back then when you're young seems so It was big. everything. It was an it was ordained everything. person, essentially. Yeah. And now I'm like, they were just like me. They were just a person. <laughs> But like back then. Playing yeah. off whatever they. Yeah. I think I will say my, I feel like your 30s so far, I guess we're like in our mid 30s almost. Mm-hmm. 
it feels like I'm finally feeling like I'm in this, I don't have everything figured out, but I, I kind of am figuring myself out. And I like that a lot versus mm -hmm. before I feel like I was just following this role mm -hmm. of who I was supposed to be. What was that role like? Um, I feel like it was, I don't know. I, I guess for me, it was this, because we, I mean, you and I have talked about this before. We both grew up very like conservative Christian, which was like, for me, going to church, wearing like skirts, we couldn't wear makeup, we couldn't wear jewelry, we couldn't have our ears pierced. It was just like a lot of rules in it. And I feel like even though later on, we left that like very conservative part of it and moved on. I feel like my mindset was still very much in that, like, these are the rules you're supposed to have. And now as like an adult, I'm realizing like, why were those rules placed? Why am I still having these like, I guess, residual <laughs> thoughts of like, that's bad, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, I had one today. I was golfing and I took a selfie with a cigar. And, and you're then, like, who's going to see this? Well, yeah. yes. And then Things my like my dad, like my my dad called me. But I no. mean, he, no, well, no, I don't know if it's related. He, oh. he didn't leave a message. I called him back. He didn't pick up. But my brain went to this place of like, mm. okay, let's say he saw me smoke. I'm sure cigar. it wasn't. But so, maybe it right. Was. I'm sure it wasn't. And but but that's but what the my timing, brain, the timing. And then I was trying to have this conversation in my brain. So what if that was the reason he called? He saw that. What do you, okay, so. Why um, do we like honestly feel this like guilt? Right, so why is it, so <laughs> from that perspective, like you're smoking a cigar, not an addictive substance. Yes, it's not the most beneficial for you, but it's basically not to compare apples to apples. It, when used infrequently, it's essentially like having a lot of sugar in your life, right? right. Both detrimental, right? So then if it's not habit form, it's not destroying your life and you're just doing the thing, it's not inhaled into your lungs, you just keep it in your mouth and then you blow the, the rest of the tobacco out. What is the big thing? And when somebody has never tried a cigar, they they go, we just don't do we that. We don't do it. We just yeah. don't do that. We don't smoke <laughs> and under smoke. It's cigarettes. It's meth. It's 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 vapes. It's It's like they tobacco. think that if you do one thing, it's going to lead to all these bad things. Right. Yeah. And so the idea is like, well, how do you rebuttal that in conversation when somebody's never tried this thing and doesn't know that it's not habit forming? Right, right. So you can't. I think when somebody's in such a closed mindset, it, you can't really say anything. Right. But like what I, like what we mentioned before, but when you're educated and you start learning more and more and you become a more like well-rounded person, you realize like, why did I only think this one way? Right. Yeah, experience so life long. to have an opinion about certain things. Yeah, I think that's so important. And I'm just like going through that now in my 30s. Yeah, it's good. I mean, I'm, I wouldn't say like go do heroin. No, <laughs> I mean, just like what we've said this whole time is just make your own opinion on things and don't just take information from like one source as like the only The truth. gospel, yeah. <laughs> like that information is the gospel. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Or from like one person. Right. Because everybody has that one story that they mm -hmm. go, I heard of a guy who <laughs> smoked a cigar and then I heard that, crashed yeah. <laughs> his car. And then he crashed his car and he died. Yeah. yeah. So that's going to happen to you. So that, yeah. No, listen, it's uh, 
So yeah, I mean, this is funny that we're started this on the whole bad boy idea. I know. <laughs> the bad boy. Yeah. No, it's I, I, I feel the most happiest right now in my life, to be I honest know. with you. I, don't I know. feel, yeah, which is, it's not like anything, but the funny thing is like, I don't feel like that much has changed, like for us. Do you feel like that? I no. feel like not a lot has changed. We've just really like progressed as a couple, as parents, as friends. And I think we're at like the best place we've been. Let me ask Do you this. Do you feel that way? Yes. And this is, so to piggyback off of that, uh, there's this question that I heard. I remember somebody saying, and this is a typical question, but it was an interesting answer. Um, what is the meaning of life? What is the meaning of life? That's the question. Because I know the religious answer, right, right. that we were always taught. But There's what a is, lot of answers. What is right now in your 30s? What is the meaning of life? If you only have one thing, one Ooh, shot I of this thing. I can't answer that right now. That's something you have to think about. So if What's you your answer? Well, I, I have this answer that I've been, uh, I've, I've kind of reached, well, through some of my kind of things I've been but expanding. from like. So, so, so if, if from the very beginning, the meaning of life is, so there's a religious answer, right? So the right. religious answer that we were taught as kids is like, the meaning of life is is not the meaning of life. The meaning of life is that you live this life so that to one day afterlife. you get to go to the afterlife. Yeah. That was the religious mm -hmm. answer. But then both sides, the religious and not religious, believe in the same thing, that life is a gift and you should cherish it. Right. And then everybody mourns when somebody dies, especially when they die young, right? They yeah. go, oh, man, the opportunities, which is weird because you don't live for here. You live for tomorrow. That's how the we're taught. And why do you mourn it? Yeah. Right. So now let's take a secular approach of this idea, right? What is the meaning of life? So if you're, let's say, somebody who doesn't believe in the afterlife, right? They go, no, what's the meaning of life? Because there's people who take their own life every single day. Now, that's through mental disability, mental health issues. So there's that's a whole different gamut that I can't go into right. from experience. But on a day-to-day -day life and you go, well, if there's total human depravity, everybody's evil, everybody's apt to monetizing their money and try to make the most income from things and just uh, collusion, essentially. So then why are we even continuing this thing called the matrix, essentially, right? Um, there, the meaning of life that I've recently stumbled across this idea, the meaning of life is whatever meaning you give to it. So mm. what does that mean? The meaning of life, if so... A life in an animal and a life in a human. Yes, two different lives, right? But the 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 deer or the elk doesn't think anything deeper than just I'm being pressured and I need to escape that and they're suffering. So right. the elk doesn't think anything outside of suffering. Suffering is pursued by an animal. Uh, suffering is uh, I got to get over this winter because there's going to be a scarcity of greenery for me to eat, a water source, right? Uh, that's suffering especially if you're a young animal. Uh, but then you'll go into humanity and you go, the meaning of life is, is empty without you giving its own meaning. The Tao, the Buddhist, they, they not that I'm a Buddhist person, but they, they have this really insightful idea. The meaning of life is the path that you walk. Hmm. So what so they're everybody saying, has their own meaning. Is that you, what you're saying? You have to, in order for your life to, 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 to have meaning, you have to give it. Meaning, what does that mean on a practical basis? Mm -hmm. I've realized this is, you know how you and I, sometimes we have this like wild perspective, like, or wild, wild thought where we like, our, let's say your mom's watching the kids overnight and it's a Friday, we go on a date, we come home and it's just like, nobody's home, right? So it's just me and you. And we always have this crazy things like, how kind of boring day to day if the kids weren't With there. With the kids, yeah. Where the kids weren't there, right? 
no matter how chaotic they are with them there, but like it's really boring without them. So the kids are are giving us meaning, not necessarily that we're somebody to care for them, but the chaos gives us meaning. What we are with them. The what we are with them. The okay. aspect. So, yeah. so, so this weekend is a Halloween weekend. Mm -hmm. What's the meaning that we give to them? Well, the meaning that we give to our life is that we got these costumes and we're going to this party thing and then we're going to go maybe to a second party and then we're having this theme as everybody together in our family. Right. We gave that to a meaning, right? And then we have another meaning. Let's say, like, let's not, let's say it's not strictly kids related, right? Then you go, let's say, between just me and you or just me. Okay. I look forward to Friday so much because I get to go golfing with Mark in the morning or my buddies and we play around a golf. I have a cigar. We have a cocktail. Even if we play terrible, I look Thursday to Friday, Thursday night to Friday morning to me feels like Christmas Eve every single day because I go, I'm going to play my best round. Even if I don't play my best round, I go, so I'm going to play my best best round i'm gonna put on my golf <laughs> clothes. clothes i'm gonna get in my porsche i'm gonna go drive i'm gonna play this experience and that gives me life and then after that i'm gonna come home and i'm gonna jump into the steam room i'm gonna soak in the steam room <clears throat> then do a cold plunge and then the next day it's like i look forward to mornings because i get to work out in the morning i love the adrenaline release or the endorphin release in my brain so by you so it living, seems like experiences. By you living a very intentional, not a passive, but a very intentional life, understanding things that give you joy or things that take away joy. Uh, Huberman actually said a really insightful thing. He, he said uh, in this post that I've been meditating on recently for meditating such a dorky term, for I've been thinking about dwelling on. He says, addiction is a passive decreasing of things that bring you joy. It's passive. And thing, so meaning things that bring you joy are constantly decreasing that the only thing is left is is uh, booze or drugs or whatever mm. that you're like, this is the only thing that makes me happy because my life at home is miserable. My life at work is miserable. My life at whatever is miserable. And so it's a passive decreasing of things that bring you joy. Hmm. But then he says happiness is an intentional, gradual expansion of things that bring you joy. So you have to intentionally work. So when we did Sober October, you go, well, this is the time where I'd probably be have a cocktail. I feel miserable. And you go, go do something that does. So you go, I really like this whole Diet Coke thing and watching Stranger Things. You yeah. gave it meaning. You expanded your it's horizon. It's experiences that you create with the people you love. You Exactly. You expanded the thing that brought you happiness. Mm -hmm. And so day in and day in, day in and day out of life, you have to create your own path of things that give you meaning. Not, not meaning, because that's the overall answer, but the things that bring you that happiness. Mm -hmm. Is happiness the fact that you get to sit on Saturday morning uh, while the kids are still sleeping with the window open and the gentle breeze going and drinking coffee, watching your YouTube shows? Ha is happiness for you to go get your nails done because you like how it makes you feel? You're creating your own path of happiness. So you yourself, through intentional work, are creating your own meaning to life. Mm -hmm. And I think that is what a lot of people forget because I know a lot of people from my old, old community that have are have lived a full life and they're still very young. We're talking about still in their 50s, but they're living a life as if they're 100. Mm -hmm. And it's sad. Yeah. I know 30-year-olds who are living their life as if they're 60. And that's extremely sad. Right. This is, um, what do they say? 40s the new 30 or no they say 50s the new 40 yes absolutely <laughs> no i believe it and you've met people like that mm -hmm. you've met people who, who are like who act like they're you're 70 so young. 
you're like smacking your wife's butt still at seven. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's so you life is what you make of it, you know? And so that's uh that you only, I think, get there from seeing enough of history that you kind of put it all together and you go, okay, well, history and opinions and facts and all of it together to form your own like opinion on things for you and, to navigate your own little path mm-hmm. and the experiences you want to have in your life. Like for us, it's so much of it is with our kids. Right. Like we want these experiences. We want a big, like a big one. We realized last year was Halloween yes. going back to Halloween. We've always devil's done, birthday, by the way, <laughs> the devil's birthday. Yeah. So mm-hmm. if you're listening to this and you believe that, sorry. My nails are painted black right now, so. Damn. But like a big part of, like we shifted things last year and I really loved it. So last year was our very first year ever trick-or-treating in our own own neighborhood. As opposed to? As opposed to always going to a friend's house, doing this big party with like 20 plus other people. Yeah. We would like go to somebody's house, do like a little fun potluck thing and then like go trick or treating. There's like a million people and we're trying to like keep track of our kids while like talking to our friends and it just felt so chaotic and it felt like we were doing a lot but not feeling fulfilled and not feeling like it was intentional. Like you said. There's no memories being made. No, there's just too much. So last year we decided as a family that we were actually going to go trick-or-treating as just with just our family in our neighborhood. And it was like one of the best memories I've had in a, in a while because in terms of Halloween. Oh gosh, I'm going to like sneeze. You're going to cry. Aren't I'm going to cry or sneeze or fart. One of those. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't fart. I don't fart. Because um, I feel like that was so fun to do that with just our family it was very we we got to like hang out with our kiddos without having feeling overwhelmed with how having a million people around and i it created this like tradition almost without really realizing it now this year i want to do that again and so we're gonna do that again this year we're gonna go with just our family we're gonna go in our neighborhood and we're gonna and it was so fun last year i felt like it was the best time because we got to talk with our kids every time they went to our house we they came back and they would show us their candy and they were so excited and we got to actually experience halloween with them versus just being there yeah right yeah so i think that's a prime example of like figuring out like what is more meaningful for you what is what you value more versus just like what everybody feels like you should be doing or what you feel like you should be doing, you know? Yeah. So well, we, essentially we carved our own path. That's yeah, what we did. Yeah. We're like, we don't need to do this, these big events with a bunch of friends. That's fun. Sure. That's what Halloween parties are for. But when it comes to like this thing, I really enjoyed just our family time. And I think that's so important because I didn't do a lot of... Well, I think as I got older, I did. But I feel like I don't remember a lot of stuff we did with just our family. We would do stuff with like other people's families. And you never remember that part. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I don't know. We hung out with somebody, you know. And it's like, 
I want our, I want our kids to remember doing things with just me and you. Right. I want them to be like, man, that one year we did trick or treat. We trick or treated around our neighborhood. That was so fun. Remember when we all decorated the house? Yeah. You know, yeah. and it was like these like special memories of just the family, this, this like close knit relationship. And I think that's to me, I find so much value in that. And I hope our kids do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Do you think they will? I hope they will. I think they will because I think they're seeing the memories that we spend with people, which is funny because now they'll go like, uh, like the other day they go, hey, uh, who are we trick-or-treating with this uh, Halloween? And I go, just our family. They go, oh, okay. Yeah. Like they didn't go. I like that. It's like they do ask because obviously they still have friends. They're seven and nine years old. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's their whole life is revolved around friends right now. But I like that we've cultivated this like family aspect where they go, Oh, it's just our family. That's cool. Like, we'll go to the cabin. Who else yeah. is coming with us? Oh, it's just us. Okay. Okay. They, yeah. Which is wild. They go, oh, there's no objection. I love that because before it used to be like, oh, man, yeah. can somebody come with us? Yeah. And now it's like, I think they've realized there's certain things we do with friends and there's some things we do, just, we do with just us and that's totally okay. Yeah. yeah. Like camping and going to McCall and skiing and like, mm-hmm. there's so many things. Yeah. Carve your own path. And you carve your own path, and, and that's what life is about. It, that's true. You give it, you give it your own meaning. You really got to give it. Your wow, own this meaning. went deep. Yeah, I, I've been pulling on this one for a little bit. You have, yeah, I've been thinking about it for a little yeah. bit, and I, 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 I like this perspective. Yeah, I like the perspective. I think, I mean, you just because you an just, asteroid could hit Earth tomorrow. That's it, and then it, it is what it is. Does your life have meaning? That is the question. And your kids can't be your meaning. <laughs> But they kind of are a big part of it. <laughs> yeah, they're part of it. All right, folks. Thanks for listening to this one. It's just uh, audio only. We'll get video on the next one. Uh, rate, review anywhere you can. We'll catch you on the next one. Thanks for listening. Bye.